Hello and welcome back to the She Can Ball podcast. I'm your host, Mahi Jariwala. Today we are joined by a professional basketball player, Brooke McCarty-Williams. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I know that you had a baby. Oh, I'm good. Adjusting to mom life, you know, so (laughs) everywhere right now, but you know, I'm getting the hang of it. Yeah. So I really want to begin with your journey today and talk about how you got to where you are today as a professional basketball player, both in the WNBA and overseas. But I want to start from the beginning. So tell us about your background. Where did you grow up and how did you get into basketball in the first place? Okay, so um, I'm originally from Madisonville, Texas, and my mom, she was a little dribbler's coach. And that's kind of like a little league that we had out there at that time. And so the reason that I got into basketball was because I was around her all the time. You know, she coached older girls. And so I would go to her practices, you know, play around with the ball and things. Yeah. So I kind of got attached at an early age. Was there a certain age that you decided, okay, like this is something I want to do as a profession? I would say probably around middle school, um, just because I switched AAU teams and I started playing with, you know, older girls and, and I saw that I could compete with them and things like that. And, you know, it kind of led into high school and me being able to compete with the high school girls and yeah. and do really good in high school. And so I think it was probably middle school and just being able to, you know, compete and being able to see myself play further and further. Yeah. And so how was your recruiting process and how did you end up at UT? Um, so, well, my recruiting process, I was not a big fan of the recruiting process um, because there's just so many colleges that, you know, want to talk to you and that. And it's just overwhelming at, at times, pretty much every is saying the same thing when trying to sell their their program trying to sell their campus things like that um but for me when I was in seventh grade I went to the LSU camp and at that time coach Travis who was one of my coaches at UT he um was coaching there and I really wanted to play with him because I really loved his energy and things that that he brought to the table as a coach and so when I was in seventh grade, I was like, you know, one day I'm going to play for Coach Travis. I want to come to LSU. So mine was kind of set, like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to go to LSU. But then, yeah. um, as it always happens, the coaching changes and things like that. And for me personally, I never wanted to go to Texas, um, which is weird because I always wanted to go out of state. And like I said before, I wanted to go to LSU. But then it just so happened that when I got in high school, Coach Travis, he got a coaching job at Texas. So I was like, he's at Texas, even though, you know, I don't want to go to Texas, but now I'm going to consider it just because... <laughs> He's there. And then I met Coach Karen, which is our head coach. And I liked everything that, you know, she wanted to to bring back to Texas. She wanted to bring back culture and things like that. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like I'm a Texas kid, you know, playing for a Texas school, Mm -hmm. um, which was pretty cool. And then I got to meet my teammates, Ariel and Tasia and Diani, which who came in with me as freshmen. And um, I met them a little bit before we went to um, Texas because we got to play against each other. We were all Texas kids except for Diani. You know, it just was a perfect fit. Yeah, so how was your college experience? And, like, was there a certain moment that was, like, your favorite? Um, my college experience, it was, you know, it was fun. Um, my freshman year, it was kind of a rocky road just because, you know, I'm adjusting. I was homesick and things like that. And you got to kind of adjust to that, you know, college life, you know, taking on at that moment. And so after my freshman year, I would say that it was a lot better um, just because I knew the campus. I knew I knew the workouts, you know, I knew the plays. Mm-hmm. I, I got a little bit stronger, things like that. And plus, I had my teammates with me. And so that was fun. And um, so I would say that my favorite part of college was probably my junior year because I just had a really good season. And then I was, you know, Big 12 player of the year. And so, you know, it just kind of. I saw all my hard work pay off. And so I think that was my favorite year. And so 
Um, how did you end up playing pro? I think that we know a lot about like the whole college recruiting process, but we never really learn about like what it takes to be pro. So how did you end up even getting into that? Um, so for me, I wasn't drafted coming out of college. And so um, I had an agent and um, I waited a little bit, you know, waited for time to pass, time to pass. And then I finally got an offer to go overseas in Finland. Um, and so I went over there. So for me, it was kind of just being connected with my agent. Well, uh, let me take it back. So when, after you go out of college, um, if you don't get drafted, well, you get an agent and then they potentially get you into a training camp in the WNBA. And then depending on how you do there, you'll either make the team or not. And then after that, you usually go overseas. Okay. And so for me, um, I went to the Sparks training camp and after I didn't get drafted and um, I competed there, got cut. And then a few months later, I went over to Finland. After that, I came back and I went to the Dallas training camp and that's where I made the team and got to play in WNBA and things like that. And to get there, I would just say you have to work really hard. I mean, um, obviously you have to perform well in college, you know, um, and then for overseas, you have to be able to have an agent who can connect you overseas and they know kind of like the top prospects and things like that coming out of college. And so it's really about like overseas agents reaching out to you and things like that. And then if you don't have that, then you can send your film, things like that. Um, so it's just basically about how you perform in college, honestly. And so you said you got cut from that LA Sparks training camp. So how did you kind of rebound from that and then start playing overseas in Finland? Um, well, for me, mentally, it kind of took a toll on me just because um, that was the first time where I really was just kind of like, I didn't really know what I was going to do after. I knew I could go overseas, but obviously coming out of college and things like that, if you're from the States, you want to play in the WNBA, you know, the best of the best. And exactly. so um, for me, it kind of took a toll on me mentally. Um, so I came home and, you know, for like three months, I didn't do anything with basketball. <laughs> I took a break. Yeah. And so for me, that's how I, I bounced back just because it made me realize that, you know, as college athletes and things like that, we can get so caught up in, you know, wanting to do this, wanting to do that, wanting to accomplish this and be in this, you know, mm -hmm. that when it doesn't happen, it can take a lot of athletes, it takes a toll on them, you know, for me, the best thing that I did was basically just giving myself a break, giving my body a break, you know, because at this point, I was I was kind of burnt out just because my senior year, I was trying to do everything right and be the best that I could be to where I was working out all the time, you know, I wasn't really taking off when we got off and things like that. And so my body and mentally, I was just burnt out from everything. And so I just had to kind of take a break and wait for that opportunity to go overseas. That's so true. I think taking a break, a lot of people don't look at it like that. They're like, oh, you know, keep going, keep going, keep going. But you know, your body, your mind stops. And I think taking a break sometimes can be the best thing. So what do you think you kind of realized during that time? Um, for me, I personally realized that, you know, we play basketball our whole lives pretty much. And so that's really a lot of athletes. We're, we're like basketball, basketball, basketball. And we never really get to that time with family. We never get really get that time to kind of, you know, reflect on our own and like do things that we want to do because we're always on the go. We're always so busy with, you know, being here and athletes who go overseas and play in the WNBA. It's kind of like, you really don't have a lot of time to just have time to yourself or have time with your family, things like that. So mm -hmm. I really, you know, idolized that when I was at home, I was spending time with my husband, you know, spending time with my mom and my, you know, my little niece and nephew, things like that. Yeah. And just hanging around my family and, and realizing that there's so much time that I missed, you know, being in college and things like that, because you're always away. And so for me, that really helped to just kind of taking a, taking a time out and kind of slowing down 
because you're so used to going, going, going that when you slow down, you actually realize that like, there's a lot more things that are important in life as well as basketball. That's true. Yeah. I like the way you look at that. Like I said before, I think we put so much emphasis on that as well. Like if you want to get somewhere, you have to work, you have to work, you know, three workouts a day. And I think I kind of had that perception like a little while ago. And I think now I'm kind of starting to realize like you have to start working smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You definitely like, don't get me wrong. It takes hard work to get to the top level, you know, because obviously there's athletes who are super like, vets and things like that in the league and and they're great players and you know you want to compete with that and you can't compete with that if you're you know not preparing yourself so you know don't get me wrong you have to work super super hard but at the end of the day you know you do have to give your body a break you have to give your mind a break because you know people go crazy like that you know what I'm saying so yeah be able to have that outlet and have that time to kind of enjoy those outlets definitely and so after you took a break, how was playing overseas in Finland? Oh, it was fun. Um, it was super cold, but, you know, <laughs> but it was really cool to kind of just be able to be in another country. And you kind of sit there because you have a lot. We had a lot of time because we practiced like an hour a day and then we had like a game a week. And so we had so much time to really just like hang out, you know, and just be to yourself, things like that. And it kind of makes you realize that, you know, it's pretty awesome as much as you you want to be with your family and things like that. You want your family to experience the same thing that you're experiencing, but it gives you time to kind of just sit there and, you know, realize that, dang, like I'm in another country playing the the game that I love, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's really cool just to sit there and be like, it's crazy where the ball can take you. Yeah. It's really crazy. And, um, I had really great American teammates um, that I roomed with and things like that. So for me, my overseas experience was, was really good. That's cool. Yeah. And I think, like you said before, basketball is a universal language and being able to take that somewhere else, I think is really cool. As well as then you came back and played in the WNBA with the Dallas Wings. So tell us about that. How did that work out? Um, that was that, that worked out really good. Um, I was a little skeptical at first of going and a little hesitant um, just because I, you know, I went the year before I got cut. And I remember, you know, when you get in the same situations, you kind of get those feelings of like, I don't in this yeah. position, you know? <laughs> so for me, at first, it was kind of like, I don't really know if I want to go back. And I don't really know, you know, because I don't want to feel the same way I feel if I don't make it. And, you know, because it, it took a lot mentally just to get me out of that place, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a lot of things that people don't talk about is like, you know, when you're at home and things like that, as much as people keep going, keep going, keep going, it takes a toll on you mentally because you've worked so hard, you know, over the years to be in the position that you're in. Yeah. So at first, you know, my agent was like, Brian got the coaching job at Dallas, which was the coach at uh, LA Sparks last year. And um, he was like, he wants you to come back to camp and things like that. And at first I was like, no, you know, I don't <laughs> do it. <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to do that. And so, you know, I got to talking to my husband and things and he was like, you know, you never, you never want to regret not doing something just because you're uncomfortable. And so, you know, after talking to him multiple times about it, I literally waited till like the last minute and I was finally like, okay, I'll go, you know? <laughs> so, and me being overseas, um, I'm, I'm, I always get really homesick and things like that. And so I was homesick, you know, I, I wanted to come home and just be, you know, hang out, live, live that normal life, you know, but yeah. um, you know, my husband was like, you, you don't want to regret not doing it. And then you could have possibly made it and things like that. So I was like, all right. So <clears throat> I told my agent, you know, I'll go. And 
I went and, you know, I just went in there with no expectation. I kind of just went in there and tried to play like free spirit. I think that's what the overseas situation did for me is after I took off of those months and I went to go play overseas, that was the most free that I had played, you know, in a couple of years. And so for me, it was, it was perfect just because I got back to playing like I used to play when I was younger, you know, and I didn't have any expectations on myself. I wasn't, you know, placing this pressure on me to do this, do that. And that's kind of, kind of how I took my attitude into the training camp. You know, I just played free and I wasn't trying to impress. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, obviously I was working hard, but I wasn't trying to impress the coaches. I was trying to basically just show myself how hard I can work and see if my heart got me into the team. And it worked out in my favor. So it was a really good experience. You know, I, I gained a lot of friends. I gained a lot of knowledge. You know, I still talk to all my teammates. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love like your kind of aspect on that. So like last season, I kind of am going through the same thing where, you know, I would play well in practice. And then in games, like, I would put too much pressure on myself. I'll get super nervous. And I was putting in the work. So I was like, why isn't this stuff translating? And I think like now that, you know, like we haven't been playing, I've kind of taken a break from playing games. And I've still been practicing, but I think it's helped me realize like, I play this game to have fun. Like that's the reason you're supposed to play this game. And I think this break is going to help a lot of athletes kind of get their mind right on that. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have fun because once you start, and that was my problem as well, you know, and I think every athlete pretty much goes through it is where they go through a period of where, you know, you're working so hard and you're trying to be the best that you can be, you know, placing that pressure on yourself to be this perfect person. But in the reality, like nobody's perfect, nobody, no player is perfect, you know, like Mm -hmm. people have good games, people have bad games. And so at the end of the day, like if you're not having fun with it and you're putting so much pressure on yourself to be this person, you know, yeah, you got to kind of take a step back and kind of find that love for the game again. That's that's how you have fun. And that's how you do your best when you play and you have fun. Exactly. Like, I wasn't really serious about basketball. And I think I started going to this gym and we used to just play open runs. And like, now that like, I really think about it, I, like, that's really where like my real passion for the game started. So I think that's so true. Just having fun. Yeah, with definitely. It. For sure. Yeah. Um, so you talked about, you know, like getting cut from the like, LA Sparks team when you first tried out, but like, what were some other obstacles you had to face along your journey? For me, um, it wasn't really a lot. It was just more, like I said, mentally, it was, you know, not being drafted one and then being cut two. And then, you know, I had an agent and it just are, you know, sometimes you just don't mix well, you know, and he was a good agent, but at the same time, he wasn't getting the job done for me, you know? Yeah. And so. I stayed with him for a couple months and then going into like October, end of October, I had to switch agents, my agent now, Jay, and I had a relationship with him before, you know, going with the other guy and things like that. And me, to me, loyalty is huge. And so when I was with the other guy, you know, I was like, I'm not going to switch agents because I'm going to keep, you know, giving this chance, giving this chance. But at the end of the day, you have to kind of do what's best for you. Yeah. And so I had to switch agents mid kind of like mid-season of overseas um, when I wasn't over there because, you know, everybody was gone and then I was I was still home. So and I'm like, you know, like, what is it? Like, why am I not, you know, why am I not going to play? So mm-hmm. that was another big thing was like, I wasn't overseas yet either. So it was kind of like still kind of weighing on me mentally just because I'm like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be overseas right now and I'm not. Yeah. So I switched agents. Um, literally within a week later, I left to go over to Finland. And so I think that was another you know, big obstacle that I had was being at home while I, and I know you're not, you know, you don't compare yourself to other people, but it's kind of like when you're, when you're seeing people go overseas, it's like, dang, why am I not going, you know? Yeah. And so 
I think for me mentally, that part was kind of, you know, messing with me as well, yeah. just because it was like, I didn't go, I didn't get drafted. I didn't do this. Everything's just not going how I, how I planned it to go, you know? And so, yeah, that would just be another one. And then after that, it was, you know, just kind of being, being overseas, being homesick, you know, which a lot of people I'm pretty sure have that and missing family and things like that. And then, you know, coming home and having to go right back. Yeah. It's kind of just like, you know, at that point, like I said, it's just a lifestyle. You just got to keep going, keep going. Yeah. So you're also a smaller guard. And so like, how have you learned not to let that get in your head? Because I've seen you play, you know, and you ball out there. And so like, how do you not let being smaller? Because I know a lot of small guards probably can let that get to their head and start comparing themselves to others. So how did you deal with that? Um, For me, I, you know, from a young age, I kind of just... I always knew, like, once I get in the gym, I know that, you know, I'm going to work hard. So it was more about me focusing on me. Like, I I was never the type of person where I was like, dang, you know, I wish I had her height. You know, I wish yeah. I could be this. I wish I could be that. I was never the type of person to compare myself on the court, you know, to anybody else because I knew that I was going to outwork people, you know, and if they were going to have a conversation about me, it was going to be more about, my efforts rather than me being small, you know? And so I kind of emphasize that, like I was always prepared, you know, always in the gym, always, you know, working on my craft and, you know, trying to, trying to develop my game into things that people have. But I was, you know, as being a small guard, you have to kind of alter your game as well. You know, you have to kind of know your strengths. So I knew that, you know, I wasn't always going to be able to get to the basket, especially getting like older and going into college and things like that you know, you have to adjust because there's bigger players, there's people who can block your shots, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So I had to, from an early age, kind of just focus on things like a floater, things like that, being quick, you know, my speed, I had yeah. to always set up and then, you know, being able to shoot and increasing my range, things like that. Because at the end of the day, like, you don't think like, I didn't think about it like that. But it was more like, if I'm going to be small, I'm going to be smart about the situation, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like, I've, thought about it as controlling what I can control and I can control my craft you know I can control how prepared I am how in shape I am you know watching film and being able to see where I can you know where I can fit in you know Mm -hmm. and so for me it was always about that as being prepared basically and not worrying about not really comparing myself to other people because at the end of the day what can I do I can't change my hype you know what I'm saying but I can I can yeah like I can control how I how I utilize my hype you know Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I love that. I love like confidence that you had. So, like, what is your personal recipe for confidence? I think for me personally, it came from being in the gym. If you want me to be honest, like, like I said, I was always prepared. Like, there was not a night that I wasn't in the gym. There wasn't a time that I wasn't working on trying to perfect the things that were that I was already good at. You know? Yeah. Because I'm always how I looked at it is I was always a step behind because of my height. You know? Yeah. And so if I'm going to be that step behind, if I keep that on my shoulder as like, oh, you're behind because of this, that made me work harder and be like, all right, well, I have to get in the gym and I have to be able to do this. I have to be able to do that. And so that helped me was just, you know, always thinking as my, of myself as behind instead of, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm out here competing. Like, I know I'm competing with you and I know that, you know, I know that I'm good, you know. Yeah. And so I never was really like, oh, I'm good, like, let me get complacent. No, I'm good, but I'm still a step behind. Yeah, that kind of underdog mentality. Yeah. (laughs) And so, like you talked about, like, you talked a little bit about your game, but you're just a playmaker, I think, not only for yourself, but for your teammates. And so as a point guard, like, what's your leadership approach? 
Um, for me, it's I'm more of lead by example. Um, I'm I'm not super vocal, and so for me, it was always like I'm gonna work hard, and I'm gonna I'm gonna you know come come to work every day. And I think in college, you know, not being vocal and having to be that leader, um, I had to bring something else to the table, you know. Yeah. And so I was always gonna be the person who was gonna work hard so that people will follow me, you know. So they see me putting in the work. They see me, you know, in the gym all the time. They see me doing this. They see me doing that. So it's easier for them to trust me when we're on the court, exactly. you know. So I can I can instantly get your your trust if you see me putting in the work. And I don't want – I never want people who would, like, say this, say that, say this, you know, and not be – not showing them that I'm putting in the work as well. Yeah. So for me, it was lead by example. I like that. And so – you know, you were coming back to the WNBA and WNBA scene. What did it feel like when you first walked out on the court as a WNBA player? Um, I'm not going to lie. For the first time in a long time, you know, I was pretty nervous um, just because I didn't want to mess up, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Finally got to the big stage, you know, and I, I didn't want to mess up. But when I went out there, you know, it's just like, honestly, it's, basketball is just a game, you know. Yeah. And you have good games, you have bad games. And so – when you, no matter what, when you're going up the level, going up the level, like the work that you put in, you that that's the confidence that you have when you walk out there. Yeah, I was a little nervous, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I worked to be here. Yeah. It's not like I just, you know, walked in and was like, I'm going to be in the WNBA, you know, like I worked my butt off to be in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. So after I got all the nervousness out, um, it I kind of was, had it as like, you know, like I deserve to be here. Like I put in the work, yeah. you know, I, it wasn't just given to me. So after that, you kind of walk with this confidence as like, okay, I'm here. So what am I going to do with it? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. On this podcast, I always like to bring up women's basketball. And like, that's a huge reason of why I make these. And it's just to inspire other young girls um, that are passionate about basketball to kind of help expand their knowledge. Um, and I like to ask this question all the time. What do you think needs to be done in order for women's basketball to, like, gain the respect that it deserves? Because I think that it's just really overlooked right now. And I think people kind of go by the stereotype that, oh, girls don't play basketball. But, like, they just – they never even watch it, you know? And they just kind of make their own assumptions. So what do you think needs to be done for that? Honestly, I just think that people need to have, like, an open mind. Like, you see so many people on the internet who bash women's basketball and, you know – it's be in the kitchen and do all this stuff and it's like as much as you don't want to see it it's like it's it's comical just because like these women we work so hard to be in the position that we're in yeah. you know and a lot of women like if you just watch the game of basketball it's so I don't even know the word to explain it like it's, it's so beautiful to watch really like if, you, yeah. if you're sitting there and you're watching these vets play and you know these young players come in the league it's like how could you not like women's basketball you know what I'm saying but I think that like people are so it's just how our world is people are so like judgmental and things it could be women's basketball could be as good as men's basketball and they would still pick out something to kind of like push us down and be like well they don't dunk or you know they don't do this they don't do that the women you know and some of the women do dunk so it's like half of these people who are saying these things and you know it's people who who are really irrelevant, you know, to yeah. uh, everything. You know, men's basketball, people who have seen women's basketball and who are invested in basketball know when they watch women, you know, 
people in the NBA, things like that. It's like they have the utmost respect for these women, you know? Yeah. But it's like people want to say something, you know, to get, I don't know, just to get a comment. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like half of these women, most of these women, if you played against them, they would kill you. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's like, so it's like, I really don't know what can be done because at the end of the day, it's like everybody's going to have something to say, you know? Yeah. But I think that, you know, with the NBA players giving respect and things like that, maybe some something will come around, you know. But at the end of the day, I really don't know exactly what could be done to give these women the respect that they deserve, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like how you brought that stuff up because, like, in previous podcasts, you know, and I remember my first one, and the guy was saying that apparently someone was saying, oh, yeah, like, you know, I don't watch women's basketball because they don't dunk. And he was like, if that's all you care about, don't watch it. Do watch something else. Like, exactly. They were talking about, like, women's basketball, I think, is, like, people that genuinely, like, that watch basketball, people that know basketball, that care. Like, there's so much stuff that goes on in women's basketball. Pick and rolls, like, you're running. It's not just dunk, 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 you know? Like, we're doing different things. So, definitely. Lastly, what is the best piece of advice someone has ever given you? Um, Well, I would say my grandma. My grandma, she is very, you know, blunt and (laughs) so when I'm not, you know, feeling myself or, you know, when I'm having trouble with, you know, basketball or anything like that, she'll tell me, you know, you were put on the, you were given a gift, you know, and so you decide how you use it. And so I think that's the best advice that anyone has given me just because, you know, I do have a gift. Like I'm, I'm small, like I've made it to, you know, places that people want to make it, you know? And so Exactly. think about it like I've gotten the opportunity to meet so many little kids who look up to me I've gotten the opportunity to be in certain situations I've gotten the opportunity to you know go through adversity and build my character through basketball and things like that you know and when you look back at it it kind of speaks to you know your craft and it speaks to your gift like God gave me this gift for a reason you know so I can reach these little kids who are smaller and who want to be you know in the WBA NBA whatever the case may be who want to go play professionally overseas, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's the best advice because, you know, when you're thinking, oh, like, I don't want to do this or, you know, like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Why am I working so hard? Then you meet somebody and they're like, you know, I look up to you and da 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 And that's why you do it. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed our conversation today. For sure. Thank you for having me. Well, that's the end of the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Brooke shared so much knowledge and I hope you guys learned something. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at tree.can.ball and I will see you all next time.